Hello, my name is Ed Frawley. I own Learberg Video and Kennel. This podcast concerns the problem I see with trainers and training companies that push all positive dog training programs. All positive dog training programs have evolved over the past 15 years. Every single one of them do a disservice to new dog owners who happen to make the mistake of trying to follow their system of dog training. Now I've been training dogs pretty seriously for over 50 years. This all positive movement is the biggest scam I've seen come along in all those years. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the need for corrections in a dog training system. I'll tell you a little bit about my experience in dog training, just in case you don't know who I am and what I've done. And I'm going to tell you why I feel the need to talk about this subject. Now, there are three types of all positive trainers. There are those people who emulate companies like PetSmart, which runs 100% all positive training courses and won't even mention corrections in training. These kind of people know better, but they choose to cash in on the image of all positive dog training. There are also all positive trainers who love animals and push the all positive concept because they simply lack the experience to know any better. And then there are all positive trainers who compete and win in various dog sports. These competitors do an excellent job of desensitizing their competition dogs to ignore the distractions their dogs will face in their respective dog sports. I have issues with people in the first two categories, the pet smart type people, or even the people that love dogs but still lack experience. I respect and I admire most of the trainers in the third category because they know that 99.999% of every pet dog out there will require a distraction correction phase at the end of the training program that dog is involved in. The only people from the third category I don't respect are those trainers who tell others that they can train any pet dog using their all positive methods and never have to correct that dog. For the past 20 years, I've used the following little auto text when I respond to new trainers who have been influenced by old wives tales like the 100% positive dog training. My auto text goes like this. You're always going to be exposed to people's opinions on how to train your dog. You only need to ask your neighbor, your friends, or even your vet. Vets are not dog trainers, they're healthcare providers. 99.99% of these people are well-intended people, but they lack the experience that's needed to offer sound training advice. The fact is, they are more likely to offer old wives' tales on dog training rather than sound training advice. Unfortunately, in many circles today, correcting a dog during training has become politically incorrect. Frankly, those are circles that I don't really care to be involved with. Companies like PetSmart are known to fire instructors from their all-positive training class if their instructors even talk about corrections during a course. Now, that's a quote from one of their trainers and not from me. That trainer told me that PetSmart is only interested in selling training courses and not in providing accurate training information. 
The problem with all positive training is there will come a time in every dog's life, and usually when the dog is off leash, when the distractions that dog faces are more interesting to the dog than the high value reward the handler's offering for compliance to a known command. At that point in time, that dog needs to learn that there are consequences for not following directions from the handler when it fully understands what's being asked. Like I said, I'm 66 years old. I've owned and trained dogs my entire life. Back in the early 1960s, I got the bug to learn how to train. I read every book I could find and trained on a daily basis. I trained our family dogs and our neighbor's dogs. I wanted to become a vet after high school, so I went to college and I studied pre-veterinary medicine, which is how I ended up with a minor in chemistry. I worked in a vet clinic in La Crosse, Wisconsin. That clinic was also the dog shelter for the city of La Crosse, and on Saturdays, we killed dogs from the shelter. I couldn't handle that. It didn't take me very long to realize I would rather train dogs than provide health care for dogs. I went on to my first serious dog training seminar in 1974, and from that point, I never looked back. I can't count the number of seminars and the number of trips I've made filming dog training videos and filming dog competitions over the last 40 years. I produced my first dog training video in 1982. My website went on the internet in 1994. We currently have the largest dog training website on the internet with over 800 streaming videos and 18,000 pages of training content. To my knowledge, there isn't another website that's even 20% the size of Learberg.com. Now, my only point in mentioning these things is to establish the fact that I've been deeply involved in training dogs my entire adult life. Unlike a lot of positive dog trainers, this isn't my first rodeo. Becoming a professional dog trainer is a never-ending evolution. Over the past 50 years, I've evolved into what I consider a balanced, reward-based dog trainer. A well-balanced trainer uses high-value rewards in the learning phases of training to teach behaviors. In my case, I always start with marker training and high-value food rewards. I've written extensively on training with markers and will not go into that here. You can read about it in my articles on the power of training dogs with markers or the theory of motivation in dog training, articles I've written. The balanced part of a reward-based system simply means that we introduce a dog to corrections once the dog has generalized a command. Now, the purpose of a correction in dog training is not to punish a dog for inappropriate or bad behavior. Rather, the purpose of a correction in dog training is to change a dog's behavior. That's a subtle but very important distinction to wrap your mind around. Many inexperienced and or new trainers fail to understand that different temperament dogs require different kinds and different levels of corrections. Using remote collars and prong collars on dogs that may only need a verbal warning to get a behavior change is abusive. On the other hand, that same dog 
may require a remote collar or prong collar correction to get a behavior change when faced with strong distractions. Understanding various temperaments in dogs, how to motivate and build drive in dogs, how to manage levels of distraction, along with knowing what types and levels of corrections specific dogs require is what's needed to become a balanced, reward-based dog trainer. Dogs, like people, are individuals. A correction that results in a behavior change for one dog will have no effect on another dog. Simply withholding a food reward or a toy reward for many dogs may produce a behavior change, while an off-leash, high-drive dog facing strong distractions may require a stiff remote collar correction to get a behavior change. Not only do dogs of different temperaments require different kinds of corrections, what kind of distraction a dog faces dictates what kind or level of correction that dog needs to get a behavior change. For me, the art of dog training means being able to control my dog in a highly distracting environment. To accomplish that, the trainer needs to be able to produce a dog that understands and respects the consequences of not following a known command. The trainer who can do that and yet still have a really nice bond with his dog is a great trainer. With all that said, there are two ends of a correction spectrum in training. At one end, there are trainers who consistently give ineffective corrections that don't change behavior. These trainers nag their dog with non-behavior changing corrections that have little or no effect on the dog. Ineffective corrections desensitize a dog to corrections. They simply teach a dog that they don't need to pay attention to their handler. Now at the other end of the correction spectrum are those trainers who feel the need to punish with a correction. These handlers can train dogs, but they never develop what I consider a deep bond with their dog. Trainers who give prong collar corrections to a dog that could have offered a behavior change with a verbal warning are abusing their dogs. And trainers who repeatedly nag their dog to death with ineffective corrections will never get reliability in their dog training program. Now, back to these all positive trainers. They have blinders on. They just don't get it. They don't understand that dog sport competitors that train with all positive methods need a very specific type of dog. They need dogs that are compliant and have a very strong food or toy drive. These same trainers could be given 10,000 pet dogs and they would be lucky to find and train one of those 10,000 dogs with all positive methods in their respective dog sports, much less be able to train that dog to be consistently compliant in off-leash obedience exercise in the face of distractions. They couldn't do it. These all positive trainers could never, not in a million years, have trained and certified one of the police service dogs that I handled in the 10 years I was a canine officer. In fact, it's safe to say that these all positive trainers could never train and certify one single patrol dog, not anywhere. 
They simply can't do it. They will sure lead anyone who would want to listen to believe they could. But again, those are the trainers that lack the experience to know what they're talking about. All positive trainers will always point to SeaWorld and the dolphins and the killer whales as proof of their system. They pontificate about how impossible it would be to give a killer whale a correction. Well, anyone with half a brain can see that dolphins and killer whales are forced to live in small pools with zero distractions. Taking human interaction and withholding food rewards from an animal that lives in social isolation is in and of itself a pretty strong correction. I stand with those folks who think that what SeaWorld does to their animals is cruel and unusual punishment. What they force these animals to do and how they live is disgusting. Their claim to be using pure operant conditioning is as much of a scam on the American public as the scam that all positive trainers try and push onto people that are foolish enough or unfortunate enough to think that these trainers know something about dog training. So in closing, I want to say this again so that People aren't putting words in my mouth. This is important. I have a lot of friends that are competitors in various dog sports that train with all positive methods. But these people, these ones that I consider are my friends, are balanced, reward-based dog trainers for their pets and, quite frankly, for a lot of their competition dogs where people think they're using all positive methods, but they slip a correction in every now and then. And if you're one of those people from the second group that I mentioned earlier, those people who love their dogs but don't have the experience to realize the fact that all positive training systems don't work, I would ask you to rethink your position. You should know what distractions really affect your own dog. Be honest with yourself. Now, you can manage your dog by keeping it on leash and away from these distractions, but ask yourself, what would you do if your dog accidentally got off leash in the face of these distractions, especially if that happened in an environment that could be dangerous for your dog? Personally, I want my dogs to learn to mind me all the time, not some of the time.